in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I like to wish you all a very blessed and happy Nativity Feast in which actually we celebrate the incarnation of the Son of God. And one of the most important questions, why God became man? What is the reason behind this? To understand the purpose of incarnation, let us go back to the creation. When God created us, He created us in His own image after His own likeness. He created us without corruption. As we say in the Divine Liturgy, O God, great and eternal, who created man in in corruption, without corruption. He created us to be in fellowship with Him and to live the life of holiness and righteousness and also to live in unity with one another. Unity in love, like the Holy Trinity, the three hypostases, they are one in love. But with the fall of Adam and Eve, we lost everything. The image was distorted. Corruption, sin, death have entered into the world and into our humanity. We lost our fellowship with God. We did not live in holiness and righteousness. Also, we lost our unity with one another, our love with one another. And we saw people killing each other. Cain killed Abel, hatred, enmity, there is no love. So, according to the economy of God, the only way to fix this distortion that happened to the humanity after the fall of Adam and Eve, that God sent his son to the world in order to fix all this distortion. And that's exactly what happened. Regarding the image of God, we were created in the image of God. With the incarnation, there was restoration of this image that we lost in uh, the fall of Adam and Eve. When we are born physically, we are born with the distorted image, not with the image of God. We are born with the distorted image. As the Lord said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, He who is born of flesh is flesh. 
he who is born of flesh, physical parents, his flesh is carnal with distorted image. But with the incarnation of the Son of God, now he was able to give us the grace of the Holy Spirit and to give us the ability to be born again. Not born again of flesh, but born again from the Spirit in baptism. And thus, in baptism, this image of God in us is restored. As we read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So when we were baptized, we put on Christ. We took the image of God. In baptism, we became new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 also, St. Paul explained and elaborated more about the restoration of the image in baptism, as we read in Romans chapter 8, 29, For whom he foreknew, he predestined. God, those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so God is conforming us to the image of his Son, that he might, that Jesus might be firstborn among many brethren. Definitely, we don't have the full restoration here. We don't have the full, but we have the potential for the full restoration. The full restoration of the image of God will happen completely in the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with the resurrection of the righteous. As we read in 1 Corinthians 15, 49, And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, the image of Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body. So, in baptism, we received this image. And this image is transfigured gradually, is it changed gradually toward the perfect image through our spiritual journey. But the full restoration will happen in the second coming. St. Paul explained, but we all with unveiled face Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, being transformed into the same image, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's why he said to his children, My children, for whom I labor in birth, and again until Christ is formed in you. So, with the incarnation of the Son of God, now the process 
of restoration of the image that we lost started and the full restoration will happen in the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The second point, as I told you, we were created without corruption. But what happened? Now corruption, death, sin entered into the world, entered into our humanity. So with the incarnation of the Son of God, he came to heal the human nature from the corruption, from sin, and from death. God actually, the Son of God, is came to be united with our humanity. As we say in the Theotokia of Thursday about St. Mary, she gave in full all the form of humanity to the Lord, the Creator, and the Logos of the Father. Why? Why he came to be united with our humanity? Because at the moment of the union between the divinity and the human nature, the human nature in the incarnated Son of God was healed completely from corruption, from death, and from sin. So, when the Lord united, the divinity is united with our humanity, the healing of the human nature in the body of Christ happened. So, body of Christ now is not only a living body, but also a life-giving flesh. As we say in the confession at the end of the Divine Liturgy, I believe, I believe, I believe, this is the life-giving flesh. When we take communion, we are united with the life-giving flesh of the Son of God. And through this union, He heals our nature from death, from sin, from corruption. That's why we say in the confession at the end of the Divine Liturgy, given for us for salvation, no corruption, remission of sin, forgiveness of sin, and eternal life, no death, to all those who partake of him. Also, as I told you, we lost the fellowship with God. But in the incarnation, he reconciled us again with God. He reconciled us with the Father after the separation and after the enmity that happened with the fall of Adam and Eve. St. Paul explains beautifully in Ephesians chapter 2 how this reconciliation happened. Reconciliation happened in more than one dimension between the person and himself, between the person and his brother, and between us and God. As he said, for he himself is our peace, Jesus is our peace, who has made both one, both the man and his brother, like the Jews and the Gentiles and had broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, 
so as to create to himself one new man from two. Now all of us will become one in Jesus Christ, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both, the Jews and the Gentiles, to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So now this fellowship is restored. You know, after the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to Mary Magdalene after his resurrection, he told her beautifully, Go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, and my God and your God. How his father became our father, and how our God became his God. When he said, I am ascending to my father, my father by nature, because I am the son of the God of the Father, and your father by adoption. He became your father because he adopted you. And my God by incarnation, because he took our humanity, and your God by nature. Again, my father by nature, your father by adoption. My God by my incarnation, and your God by nature. Also, through his incarnation, he restored the life of holiness and righteousness. We were, now we are able to live life of holiness and righteousness. He left us an example that we follow his footsteps. He was the good teacher, not just as any teacher giving just an instruction how to live holy life, no. The word of God is different. The word of God is transformative. As we read in Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, his teaching, his word, is, can transform us, can change us. And he gave us also the Holy Spirit who convicts, teaches, sanctifies, and comforts us in our spiritual journey. That's why St. John said in 1 John 5, verse 3, and we know that his commandments are not burdensome because we have the grace of God with us. We have the Holy Spirit. His words are transformative. The Lord also practiced all what we need to do. He prayed. He fasted. He was tempted. He was baptized. And the reason behind all of this, to give us all power in these practices and acceptance before the Father. What do I mean by this? I mean, our prayer, fasting, worship, or anything we, owe, we do, 
has no acceptance without before the Father except in Jesus Christ. So when he prayed, so my prayer will be accepted. When he fasted, that my fasted will be accepted. When he was tempted, that give me victory in temptation. So he did all of this to make the life of holiness and righteousness is possible. Now holiness is easy. Many times Satan tried to tell us to live life of holiness is impossible. No, he is deceiving you. To live life of holiness and righteousness is easy. Through the incarnation of the Son of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of his word, he resembled us also in everything. He ate, he drank, he slept, he walked. Why? To sanctify our life. So, so when we do anything, it becomes holy. When we sleep, when we eat, when we walk, when we drink, anything we do, he sanctified the material after it was cursed after the fall of Adam and Eve. He did it for us. So the incarnation of the Son of God, God is united with our world to sanctify us. And finally, he restored the unity and love between human beings. He came to gather in one the children of God who were scattered abroad and to make us one flock and one shepherd. Those who are not living in peace with each other, those who are not reconciled with each other, they did not understand the incarnation of the Son of God. They did not celebrate the Feast of Nativity. Because the Feast of Nativity, peace on earth, reconciliation to become one. And this unity is achievable through baptism and communion, through the sacrament of the church. As St. Paul said, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. And about communion he said, for we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. That's why we offer one bread and one chalice. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So, through the incarnation of the Son of God, He came and actually He fixed all the uh, consequences of the fall of Adam and Eve. He came and restored our image. He came and healed our nature from corruption, from death, from sin. He came, he restored our fellowship with God. He came and he gave us the possibility to live in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life and made it possible for us to live holy and righteous. And he came and united us together and reconciled us together. Truly, let us sing with the angels saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill toward men. Glory be to God forever and ever.